1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. I'm going to read it first in the um, King James, then I'm going to read it again in the Holman Christian Standard Version. This is a verse of Scripture that everybody knows that you have heard it, and you probably can quote it. But the Apostle Peter said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. I'm going to ask him to put that scripture up again in the Holman Christian Standard Version. Notice how this is worded. Be serious. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him and be firm in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The same sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. Let's bow our heads. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for your love and your mercy. Thank you, God, for what we've experienced so far this morning. I ask, God, that you will speak to us now and enlighten our hearts and minds that we may be more aware of what's going on around this world to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to remember them. Help us to pray for them on a regular basis. In Jesus' name, does the church say? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to speak to you today on a subject titled, Uniting with Those Who Bleed. Uniting with Those Who Bleed. Now, I'm just going to take my time, and I'm going to get in this, because God really worked me over in this thing. Uh, and we've talked about persecution and suffering two or three times here recently. And since the day has been designated Stand for the Persecuted Sunday, I feel that we cannot just hover in our four walls of our beautiful sanctuary and enjoy the blessings that we've enjoyed here this morning and forget about what's really going on in the rest of the world to people, men, women, and children because they believe in the same name that you and I believe in, that's Jesus. This, so this morning, as we've gathered to unite in worship and partake of sweet communion with one another in the presence of the Lord, I believe nothing would please our Master more than to also think of the suffering body of Christ around the world and unite with them as a show of solidarity on this Sunday, which has been marked, Stand with the Persecuted Sunday. Now, in your bulletins today, you'll find some variable, valuable information. 
please don't just put it aside, but take it and look at it and read it real good. Because there's some valuable information to better acquaint you concerning the nature this day and why it's important. Now, as some people debate the issue of whether or not the church will endure tribulation, I will submit to you that the church was born in tribulation and suffering and never has been able to evolve completely out of it. Hallelujah. What we have known and experienced here in the United States of America has been a blessing from God. Amen. Considering our religious freedoms and what we've been able to do in the past. Amen. We have been blessed in this country. Amen. Because we have been able in the past to do whatever basically we wanted to do as far as worshiping the God according to the dictates of our heart. But what we have had in America no way depicts the greater majority of the body of Christ around the world amen, have been continued to suffer and endured. You see, we have been fragmented from the rest of the body of Christ. We in America have been a minority. Although we have been enjoying the blessings of God, the majority of Christians around the world for all this time, amen, have endured suffering, persecution, hardships like we never could have imagined. Hallelujah. And now... We are just now getting a small taste of what the rest of the world's Christians have known for ages and are seeing the tables turn as persecution has increased worldwide and as we swiftly approach the second advent of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is beginning to knock at our own doorsteps. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see... Christians are the most persecuted religious group in the whole world. Hallelujah. In fact, Christianity Today, which is a, 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 a magazine that you may have heard of, Christianity Today once claimed that, listen to this, more believers died for their faith in Christ during the 20th century alone than in all the 19 previous centuries since the founding of the church. Think about that. Amen. In the 20th century, there's been more persecution of Christians, uh, amen, than all the other 19 uh, uh, centuries put together. Persecution against Christians uh, is taking place uh, in alarming proportions uh, in many countries around the world today. Listen to this, and this was mentioned in that video. Open Doors USA reports that at least 100 million Christians are being persecuted for their faith worldwide. 100 million. And as I've heard, Brother 
Brother Travis say, amen, a couple times in the past, we in America have become fat and lazy. Hallelujah. Maybe not only just physically, but I'm talking about spiritually. Hallelujah. Amen. How can we enjoy what we've enjoyed? How can we experience what we experience? Amen. And even pastors and preachers will get around the bait whether or not the church will endure persecution. Let me tell you what. The church has never stopped being persecuted since day one. Hallelujah. And you are not immune as being an American. Amen. It is going to hit you sooner than later. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. 100 million Christians being persecuted. Listen to these brief statistics right now. Hallelujah. Every month, every month, 322 Christians are killed for their faith. Now, I know they're not not all apostolic. I understand that. They have different titles, hallelujah. But what the issue is here, amen, is they are killed for that name, Jesus. That's what we should be concerned about. Amen. Joe, we shouldn't worry about the tag that they have on the church side. Amen. It's the name of Jesus that they're dying for. Same precious name that we have so many times put people under right here. Hallelujah. 322 a month. 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed every month. 772 forms of violence are committed against Christians such as beatings, abductions, rapes, arrests, forced marriages, etc. In fact, Open Doors claims, in which this is what they had on the, on, on the video, Open Doors USA claims that in 2015, they said in 2015 that it was the worst year in modern history for Christian persecution. It is with this multitude of battered believers we unite in prayer and recognition today as we see where the church has been, where the church is now, and where we will be going in the near future. Church, let us unite today with those who bleed. Let us unite with them. Hallelujah. I want to talk about three points, as I said, the past, the present, and the future. Amen, concerning the church. Let's talk about the past persecution. The past persecution. I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 27 and verse 54 through 60 and going on to Acts chapter 8, 1, 2, and 3. Go ahead and put that up, Acts chapter 7. Listen to this. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. Think about this. Kind of, if you can, visualize a bunch of grown men sitting there hearing Stephen, Deacon Stephen, by the way. We have two deacons in our assembly. Amen. This was Deacon Stephen. He was one of the first deacons of the church, one of the first seven deacons. And as he gave his witness and testimony, they got so mad at what he had to say, they began to do like this at him. Grown men. They got so mad and so beside themselves, they was sitting around grinding their teeth at this man. Think about that. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Hallelujah. All these things. Amen. They, heard, they, they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, which means the right hand of power, by the way, and says, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped up their ears and ran at him with one accord and they cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul and they stoned Stephen as he was calling upon God saying Lord Jesus receive my spirit then Stephen like that little girl on that video talked about forgiveness he knelt down and cried with a loud voice and says Lord do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now going on to Acts, the next chapter, Acts chapter 8, verse 1, 2, and 3. Now Saul was consenting to his death. And at time a great persecution rose against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entered in every house, notice this, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. And we got the nerve to sit around and debate whether or not the church is going to suffer. My, 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 my. I can't tell all my satire. Hallelujah. Listen, church. From the very onset of her conception, the church of Jesus Christ has known the meaning of suffering and persecution. Right after the day of Pentecost, where the number jumped from 120 to 3,000, the apostles were beaten and commanded by the same ones who crucified Jesus. They beat them and they commanded them not to ever preach or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. But they kept preaching. They kept teaching. Hallelujah! And the more, hallelujah, they persecuted them, the more that they spread them, the more the church grew and grew and grew. Yeah, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Amen. Hallelujah. Then a few years later, amen, just a few years later, the church was broken up and scattered over the, over, uh, over the first deacons in the church. Amen. When he was brutally stoned, Stephen, the Bible said the church was scattered. And they went everywhere carrying this message. You see, one by one, all the original apostles were killed in some way or fashion except for John. And he was banished to an island of Patmos where the Lord gave him the revelation around between the years of 96 and 97 A.D. Every apostle except one 
was killed for the message and killed for the faith. John was the only one who died a natural death, but they banished him, you see. Hallelujah. They put him away on an island out there. Hallelujah. Amen. Even the church, amen, has known suffering and persecution. We have been blessed in America. God has used America, number one. He raised up America to help bring Israel back to a nation again. We were here, amen, when Israel was coming back, amen, fulfilling the word of God in 1948 on May the 15th when that flag began to raise in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God raised this nation to help see that happen. And then God has blessed us so we can send people all over the world and carry this message over. We're down to the end time. Lord of God, we're in the last quarter of the game. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And the church has got to go through that. Oh, my, 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 my. Last week showed you that video clip, the refiner's fire. God is now beginning to put his body through a fire a refining fire to purify us and to make us, amen, where we can be ready to go up, amen, when he comes, hallelujah, amen, glory to God. So there was the early church, and then here was John on the Isle of Patmos between 96 and 97 A.D., where God gave him a revelation. Let's read a little bit about, about that in Revelation chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Hallelujah. And the angel of the church in Smyrna, right? These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. <laughs> Glory to God. He said, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. Glory to God. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they're Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. He said, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. Amen. And you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful even unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. He who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Oh, let me hear God. Let me hear, let me hear, let me hear. Hallelujah. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. I'm not worried about that first death. I'm not worried about that first death. This old body just will right back, hallelujah, go back to the dust. But what's inside of me, oh, glory to God, amen, it's going to have a glorified body. Glory to God, hallelujah, amen. We're not going to live and be with him forever and ever. Glory to God, I don't want to have to worry about that second death. Hallelujah. The prophecy about the persecution that would hit the church in Smyrna was given to John 
as I said earlier, about 96 or 97 A.D. <coughs> that prophecy became fulfilled around 145 to 156 A.D. when an 86-year-old man by the name of Polycarp was the pastor and bishop. This church in Smyrna, this church in Smyrna, Jesus told John to write, and he said, you let him know, you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have to suffer. Let me give you a little background about Smyrna. Smyrna was one of the first temples that the Romans built, a temple to honor their emperor as a living God. And all the people in Smyrna would go to the temple. It wasn't Nero at this time. He was done dead and gone, but it was the emperor Domitian. And he, he, he demanded. Matter of fact, history tells us uh, when somebody would send him a letter, he would not even open it unless it was dressed, Lord God Domitian. Hallelujah. Called him Lord God. Amen. And all the people in Smyrna would go and they would light, according to history, and incense and burn it to this man who sits on the throne as an emperor there in Rome. But the Christians, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Christians in that church refused, amen, to go to that heathen temple. They said they would not bow their knee to no God but Jesus. Hallelujah. They didn't care what kind of law was passed. They, Follow me now. Amen. It was the law of the land. Amen. That everybody in Smyrna had to go and burn incense to that emperor because he considered himself a God-man like Jesus was the goal. But he was, Jesus was the only God. God, man, do you hear what I'm saying today? Hallelujah. But the church there, the church there, those people refused to burn incense. And so they begin to go into this persecution. Amen. They throwed them in prison, just like Jesus told John it was going to happen. There was an older man there. Amen. He had been pastor and bishop for a long time. According to history, amen, he was the last living witness to the apostles. Some historians say, Say that John was the one, amen, who dedicated Polycarp, amen, as the bishop of that church right there in Smyrna, amen. And when I think of Polycarp, I think, man, I think of old Brother Hale, hallelujah. Finally, finally, amen, they, they, they couldn't stop the Christians. And some of them decided, and I was reading history. You, there, there's quite a bit of history about this. You can look up. Amen. And, and so they said, we ain't going to stop them. We ain't going to get them to worship unless we get their leader, unless we get their pastor. So they sent the Roman soldiers down to Polycarp. Hallelujah. And they grabbed him and they took him away. Hallelujah. Like I said, he was 86 years old. Amen. And the, and the, and the tribunal there says, if you will just... Amen. Amen. Disregard Jesus. And if you will honor the mission as your God. Hallelujah. Oh, Polycarp says, 80 and 6 years have I served my king and he has done me no wrong. How can I? Amen. Blaspheme. Hallelujah. 
Amen. He said, if you don't turn, we're going to, oh, like I said, I think about old brother Hell in his weak frame there in his Hades. Hallelujah. But old Polycarp, he was much of a man in God. As brother Bobby talked about Gideon. Hallelujah. He was a mighty man of valor. That 86-year-old frail man who had preached and been faithful to the church for all those years. He said, how can I deny him who has never done me no harm? He said, you do what you must. You do what you must. They took him. And they was fixing to time to the stake because they were going to burn him alive. Now, I can't imagine this. Like I said, when I, when I was reading all this history, and I think about Polycarp, I think about our, our founding pastor. They was bringing the ropes and the things there to tie him to that stake on top of that big uh, sticks and wood and all that where they were going to burn him alive. Old Polycarp, that frail man of years, but yet was still strong in the Holy Ghost. He says, wait a minute, gentlemen. He said, you don't have to waste your rope and nails to tie me. He said, the same God that gave me grace this year uh, give me the grace to stand here by this pole without you being having to tie me. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And brother, they stood Polycarp up there. Amen. And as they lit the fire, he didn't try to flinch. He didn't try to move as it began to slowly burn up and higher and higher till it finally engulfed his whole body. He stood there. There was nothing holding him there. He didn't try to jump down. But he was, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Rejoicing as he was walking in the streets on the other side of glory. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. My, 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 my. That is the past persecution. I want to talk about the present persecution. Colonel Iron North, in his memoirs and book, told of a city in Iraq where he was with the Kurdish freedom fighters after they had defeated a band of ISIS insurgents. They took, after they took the city, Brother Travis, they found a battered TV camera. Now, this is present persecution right here in our day and time. They found a battered TV camera that the ISIS fighters carried around with them everywhere they went and made havoc everywhere, just like Saul was making havoc of the church back then and recording all of their uh, hideous crimes. They took the footage that was in that camera. And Colonel Iron North said he, he was flabbergasted and he, he could not believe his eyes of what he and the other leaders there saw from that footage. The footage was of a small village in northern Iraq that had about 300 uh, people. And this village was known as a Christian village. All of them there were, just about all of them were Christians. It was 300 of them. The ISIS surrounded that village, 
and they killed every Christian in it. How did they do it? Listen to this. It took all day long as they watched this film on this camera. It took all day long. But they rounded up all the families. They lined them up. And after they lined them up, they placed wood around and they took fence posts that had been sharpened on the end. And they, and they put a, a big fence post there in front of each one of them. And they took, amen, all of those Christians, starting with the youngest, the children. And they took those, amen, and they took the family, beginning with the smallest child, and they impaled each one of them alive as their family members watched. Amen. Colonel North saw this on Isis's camera. They took them children and they impaled them. Amen. One by one. Listen to me now. Hallelujah. And when the mothers would reach out for their dying children, amen, their hands by some of them Isis soldiers carrying them long swords that they used also to cut people's heads off when mothers would reach out for their children screaming and dying in pain, being impaled on that long stick. Amen. They would chop off the hands of the mothers as they would reach out to try to help their babies. And we are not going to suffer persecution as a church. This was going on while we in America drive in our Nice air-conditioned cars living in our good air-conditioned homes. Amen. Working on good jobs. Amen. Laying back money. Amen. For our 401ks. Amen. And building our lifestyle. Coming to church Sunday after Sunday. Enjoying the blessings of God. Getting healed when we need healed. Getting touched when we're down. Wow, we've been doing that. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters in this world, watch their babies being pimpelled. Amen. On sticks in this day and hour. Not back in not back in Polycarp's time, but in this day and in this hour. I don't care how much I say about this, there's no way that you and me or none of us in this building can really imagine the suffering of those events. <laughs> we don't know. My, the fathers were crucified as they watched their wives and children being killed simply because they were Christians. No other crimes committed. And you know what? Every one of them, every one of them, Brother Paul, had the same opportunity as old Polycarp 2,000 years ago if they would have rejected Jesus and swore allegiance to Allah, they'd be alive today. Those babies would be grown up by now. How in the world, how in the world can this fat, lazy church in America hold our heads up? Amen. And how God has blessed us and what little we do for the kingdom of God. And most and, 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 and beat all that. All this stuff is happening. And we don't even think to pray when we pray, Lord, 
Remember those that are being persecuted today. Pray for those, Lord. I'll pray for those that are in jail cells today. My, my God. Hallelujah. Said we have witnessed the violent advance of ISIS, especially in Iraq and Syria, displacing, persecuting Christians who would not convert to Islam. They all had an opportunity to convert to Islam. Every one of them didn't have to go through nothing. Could I do it? I don't know. What about you? Hallelujah. My Lord, if we, if, if we can't go, 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 go to God's house and be faithful to God's house, amen, and worship God in nice buildings, amen, how in the world could we be like Polycarp and stand to a stake that's on top of a big bunch of wood and timber, amen, while being burned alive? Think about that. My Lord, if you noticed in the video, it talked about how that they... Uh, would mark the homes. Uh, we had, he said, we witnessed violence advances of ISIS, especially in Iraq and Syria, displaced and persecuted Christians while they would not convert to Islam, marking their homes with the Arabic letter N for Nazarene. When I saw that and I heard that, I thought about the Jews in World War II when they'd come in and take over town. They'd mark all the Jewish homes with the Star David they couldn't get out without having a patch sewn on their clothes with the star date to identify them as Jews. All that happened under Hitler. This is all being replayed, folks. Hallelujah. They had the letter in marked on all the Christian homes, letting them know, ah, they see an end. That means these people right here, they follow the Nazarene. They follow that man from Nazareth. We got a right to do anything to them we want to do. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Iraqi Christian community, one of the oldest in the world, has nearly disappeared. In the last several years, more than 140,000 Christians have fled for their lives. Those who stayed behind have been tortured, raped, and murdered. In Pakistan, where speaking against Mohammed and speaking up for Christ is punishable by death. You've seen this on the film when that fire was being burnt he was talking about that husband and wife this happened in Pakistan not long ago I remember watching it about it on the news a Christian husband and his pregnant wife were burned alive by a mob of 1200 people after a local mosque stoked allegations of blasphemy against them but our governmental leaders has the audacity to keep harping that this is a religion of peace? Ain't no bigger lie hatched out of the gates of hell. It is no religion of peace. It's a religion of the devil and the damned. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah, put it on the internet and some of you Muslims hear me say that because I serve a God that's greater than your God. I serve a God that's more powerful than your God. Hallelujah. I couldn't get the film, but I recently saw a church service going on. Mike, 
over there in the Middle East. And there was this young man sitting up on, on the front of the pew. I thought about old, old, old Haggy several years ago, what built him up and got him where he was. Well, that man walked in that time, amen, on John Haggy and, and, and fired five shots point blank at John Haggy. And not a one of them touched him. Hallelujah. I watched a video just about a week ago of a church and the people worshiping God and the minister up there preaching just like I'm preaching. All of a sudden, that guy stood up. He was one of them Iraqi ISIS fighters come in unaware and he pulled out from his clothes a great machete and he started coming up towards the front. He was going to hack that pastor all to pieces. He was sitting here. I seen him, and he got up, and he pulled out that machete, and he started. The platform wasn't high like that. Amen. He got up there close to that pastor, and he had that machete in his hand, and he got down right there, and that guy started shaking. He started going down, and he fell. Hallelujah, by the hand of God. And that machete went out of his hand while about 20 men of the church ran up, put their hand on his, amen, on his, his their feet on his hand, and took that machete. He, he wasn't touched, amen, by nobody but the hand of God. The hand of God. Do you hear me? The hand of God. Even you. Oh, hallelujah. My God is greater than your God. Hallelujah. But you know what? Rather than keep on giving you statistics of mass of nameless people, let me name a person in the crowd and share her story with you. Bear with me. Just give me, can I have please just a few more minutes? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a lady by the name of Demarius, who is now a widow, because in 2010, her husband was beaten to death by the Islamic group Boko Haram in Nigeria. Maybe you heard that name, Boko Haram. They're the ones who kidnapped those 200 girls, amen, and which have never been found or located by the government, nobody. This group, Boko Haram, beat her husband to death. This is her, left her to support her four children alone. There's no welfare in that country like it is here. You hear me? No food stamps, no kind of social programs. So she's left alone to support her four children. The group, they put on the video. Some of them interviewed her. And she said, it's not easy. But the Lord is faithful. This widow woman who watched her husband being beat to death. She said, the Lord is faithful. They asked her if she could forgive those who killed her husband because he was a Christian. And that was the only reason that he died. She says, I will forgive because if I will not forgive, the Lord Jesus will not forgive me. She said, it's not easy. 
but I will forgive. She says, my God will give me grace to love. My God will give me grace to love. She added, I want to live a life that will glorify God and be a model for my children. And as they went away, she says, pray for me, not for food for her and her children, but she says, pray for me that I will be strong and courageous. Damaris is part of our family of faith. But a little closer to home, as now I told you it is coming here. A little closer to home, we have Kim Davis. Go ahead and put that picture. Kim Davis is an apostolic woman. And baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. She was county clerk when our not-so-supreme court ruled about gay marriages. She refused to issue same-sex marriage license. And here in this country, something would have never happened just 20 years ago. Would never dreamed of being happened. She was arrested and spent six days behind bars for taking a stand for her faith. This is her mugshot. And you know what? Instead of people in trying to encourage her and in praying for her, even some church folks, so-called, begin to dig up trash on her in her past life they say, well, this woman's been married X amount of di- times. Hallelujah. But everything they brought up was everything that had happened to her before she ever come to Christ, before she ever repented, before she was ever baptized. I don't care what you do before you come to the Lord. It's all taken care of by the blood. If you are an adulterer, you are no longer an adulterer. If you are a drunker, you're no longer a drunker. If you was a dope you're no longer a junkie. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ has made you clean. Glory. I stand and so I don't know the lady, but I salute her. I salute her. And I thank God for her courage. Because that right there, folks, you mark it in your book and take it to the bank. That is just the beginning. That is just the beginning, Brother Pat. That's just the beginning. Hallelujah. Just the beginning, my my Lord. Let me, I'm going to give you one scripture and I'm going to close. I'm going to talk about the future persecution. I won't, I won't, I won't go very, uh, much deep into that, but I just want to read some scripture. Going back to Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. <laughs> and one day it opened the fifth seal. 
I saw one of the altar, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true? Dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? White robes were given to every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Rebecca, would you come on up? Rebecca, would you please come on up? I want you to get ready to sing that song. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. We need every day of our lives. We we got we got a jar full of names that we don't forget to pray for. Just like we don't forget to pray for these names that need salvation, you shouldn't forget to pray for all the persecuted children of God all over this world. Because one day, we might be the ones needing the prayer. We might be the ones needing prayer. Let's stand together. Let's worship the Lord.